Rabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Should listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sherlock, sure listen. Sherlock, sure listen. Sherlock, sure listen. Sherlock, sure listen. Sherlock. Sure listen. Sherlock, sure listen. Sherlock, sure listen. Oh, very good, Benjamin. Look, it's been a fucking dreadful day for the parish this week. <laughs> not not a fucking great weekend to be Irish. But sure, look, we're not going to languish. <laughs> we're not going to l- languish. That's the wrong word. We're not going to linger on that for too long because we've got loads of pop culture rubbish to look at, including <laughs> the New York Times story of the maddest man in Netflix and in a total break from international anguish and upset, the Screen 7 cast has all been fired or quit. But not only that, Benjamin, because I've seen Monarch Legacy and that's pop culture, isn't it? It is. You listen, Michael, if society in Ireland wasn't crumbling enough as it is, we've also gone and turned over to democracy and asked our listeners, what do you think of animated TV shows? What's your favourite? Not what's your favourite TV show, because that would be reductive, Benjamin. Sorry, what's your favourite episode? We've asked the listeners, what's your favourite episode? And boy, golly gosh, Benjamin, did they bombard us with episodes. Not unlike a pack of far-right fucks bombarded Irish retail establishments this weekend. Very good. No, Benjamin, I don't think it was the far-right, which I don't believe really exists, that were were bombarding (laughs) the shops. But look... <laughs> no, oh, you fucked us. No, no. Look, you you started it. But anyway, look, oh, you fucked us. Go on, go on then. Oh, All right, come on. I don't and believe the far right exists is going to be clipped and spread across the land. Well, that would be very reductive of you, Ben, and that is my argument against people using the term far right. No, I'm not going to do it. Someone else is going to do it when they want a leg up. Oh, very good. Well, look, as long as people are listening, if they're anger listening, that's also fine. Yeah, if you hate us and you're listening, you're still a fan. Yeah, 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 exactly. But look, speaking of people who hate us, now, do I have to clarify what I meant there now? I think you might. Just do it for your own good. Okay, I'll do it for my own good, Benjamin. Benjamin, I think that we need to be very careful in this society that we live in to not be divisive. And not be othering. Because the very thing that people on the traditional left accuse the the people that they call the far right of is yes. being divisive and us condemning other people. And I find the term far right to be a educated leftist othering of the people at that rally. Because the people at that rally, there were probably some people at that rally whose hearts were in the right place. And whether or not our politics agrees with them and I think that people who are anti-immigration on the basis of us versus them are despicable but to just other the whole group in with the people who went there to get a chance to finally lash out at the guards or the people who went there to do their Christmas shopping by looting shops is reductive and us versus theming of the same order that the racists do. Anyway. Look, it's all classist politics, Michael. No, it's not all classist politics, Ben. But no, it, def- it all is, Michael. No, no, it's not. It's definitely not all classist politics. Some of the people involved are just pure and simple racists. Just Cunts. as some of the people involved are just pure and simple classists. But 
let's 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 make a commitment to ourselves. To you avoid, and I, yeah, you and I. Let's make a commitment to ourselves to call each other out if we feel that we're using divisive language. Because there's another issue that we're going to be talking about on this very episode, <laughs> and it just so happens that on this very on this topic, we're going to very wholeheartedly agree. But uh, <laughs> let's just keep an eye on using divisive language when we're talking about it. Why don't we? You're much, you're much better at catching it than I am, Michael. I'm a very wholehearted uh, general. Captain Captain General, as Captain it were. Captain Generalist, Benjamin. Benjamin, you haven't met a group of people that you wouldn't like to tar with one brush. But I, look- lo- I am general statement. I rose through the ranks, Michael, and <laughs> I fucking swept on in there. Very good. General statement. Yes. General sweeping statement. <laughs> Sweeping That's a general his, sweeping statement to you, boy. Sweeping is oh. his given name. But anyway, Benjamin, or should I say sweeping, yeah. uh, let's take a look at what's going on in Netflix because our good friend of the show and our secret insider informant sent us this story which then broke on the New York Times. Absolute madness going on in Netflix. Yeah, Michael, this is fucking weird. Um, so, so basically what's happened is We've discovered, yes, through the grapevine, both our own personal grapevine, good friend of the podcast, hello, and through, you know, also the general grapevine now, that Netflix have lost a small fortune on a show that doesn't exist. And so, Ben, there, there was a director, his name is Carl Rinch. Yes. Most famous for the Keanu Reeves middling blockbuster 47 Ronin. Not great. Not great, Benjamin. I was most disappointed because I thought it was about 47 lads called Ronan from (laughs) middle-class suburbs of Dublin. Yes, and they all had to fight it out to be the one true Ronan. Because, Michael, as we know, in Dublin 4, there can be only one Ronan. Well, that's patently untrue, Ben, because I've met about 600. But that's neither here (laughs) nor there anyway, because he made that... And he impressed enough people that they said, I tell you what we're going to do. We're Netflix, right? We've, we're Netflix. We've got bags and bags and bags of cash. And we're going to give you one of our bags of cash if you promise to give us a television programme. Do you know what my favourite part about this, Michael, is Go that's on. not even the full whack of it. They, tr- they entered a bidding war for this. <laughs> <laughs> It's even worse than that. I don't mind if someone approaches you and cons you swiftly into handing over oodles and oodles of cash. No, it happens if to you all the time. It happens to me all the time, Michael. I would have been a millionaire if not for the fact that I have the IQ of a brick. But come here to me. One of the bricks that they this used is to smash the- in the footlocker on, on Friday night. <laughs> That's a, that's a general statement. Uh, siren, klaxon call there, Michael. Divisive language. I think that's probably divisive language, Michael. Uh, so we should probably watch out for that one. No, no, but- no, no, no. That's just facts. That's just facts. <laughs> people, people were throwing bricks at Foot Locker in Dublin on Thursday night, and those bricks had very low IQs. Ladies and gentlemen, episode one hundred and ten of the Sherlock Sh- Listen podcast is the episode that became. No, you look, you listen. <laughs> <laughs> very good <laughs> very good very good come here yeah this was a bidding war Michael so Carl Eric Rinch 
came yes. along and he said, I, he's, he, I don't think he is German, but in my head he is. But let's make him German. Because, yeah, let's make him yeah. German. That seems fair. So he come along and he said, yeah, I made the 47 Ronin. It's very good, yeah. To which everybody went, eh, eh. <laughs> I don't know. Keanu Reeves was in it. Keanu Reeves And he goes, mm, Keanu Reeves, John Wick was in it, so it must be good. And everyone went, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. John Wick yeah, made lots yeah. of money. Yeah, yeah. And so Carl said, well, I have another idea. Um, and out of his later hosen, he produced a script. Okay. <laughs> and, and he said, who wants it? And he began to wave it in the air. And every single studio, Michael went, ooh, me, me, me. So anyway, there was a bidding war, Michael. A bidding war? Indeed. I'm going to give you $10. $200,000. We're going to go $2,000 for Carl Wright. $200,000 for Netflix. $200,000. You're going to go going once, going twice, going three times. Sold to Netflix. $44 million. I would imagine that's correct. Except, initially, Amazon won the bidding. Oh, did they? Grand Ponte yeah. Famously. Yeah. Yeah. But then... Netflix, under one Cindy Holland, Michael, the vice president of original content over there at Netflix. Okay, are you implying that this is because she's a woman, Ben? No. She's okay, just, good. It's just the name of the woman who secured the lucrative counter offer Very that good. got them the thing. Yeah, Very yeah, good. yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, though. I like the way you were monitoring for divisive statements, Michael. Yeah, well yeah, done. Very good, wasn't it? Thank you. Yeah, it was very well done. So, <laughs> Netflix invested over $55 million. But look, Ben, at least they got a television program out of that that was very popular and lots of people watched. Michael, what? Michael, they didn't. They didn't get anything. They did not, <laughs> they did not receive a single finished episode. It's, it's fucking gas, Benjamin. He took all the money and he just invested it. He invested it as if it was his own money. Michael, this is mad. Is it any wonder they won't pay the fucking writers and actors? Fucking absolute insanity, Ben. He invested it in Dogecoin, Ben. He invested it in memes. In shite, Michael. He invested it in NFTs. Oh, yeah, I'm going to buy a little NFT and Dogecoin. Very good. Very good. Absolute madness. And the up, the long and short of it, Benjamin, is there's no TV show. Netflix cancelled it anyway. And now he's suing Netflix. Ah, uh, listen. You see, the, the problem is, Michael, and the, the I suppose the, the foible on which they've hoisted themselves... Go on. ...is they gave him full budgetary and creative freedom. So... <laughs> That's this is the problem. In the contract, one of his stipulations was I want full budgetary freedom and they went, Yeah. That's grand, yeah. You're going to give us a television programme, aren't you? But I don't think they locked that bit down. I think mm. this is where we are. But my now, feeling on this, Benjamin, is this bullshit's probably happening all the time. All the time. Because for the last, I suppose for the last 15 years, Michael, we have essentially been in the streaming service gold rush. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily just streaming services because the budgets of movies are famously ballooning out of, completely out of control. Mm. And they're not getting the quality control on the end result. Like, 
how could anyone tell me that the Marvels cost $280 million? Yeah, no, it's insane. It's a lot of money. Absolute criminal amounts of money that are being spent on these things. For for things that realistically could have been done for less than half of that? A lot less. A lot less. There are people on YouTube, Michael, making fan films that do a fairly passable job. <laughs> on a lot yeah, of I mean, stuff. look, the Marvels is maybe not a great example because it's a sci-fi, intergalactic sci-fi epic, but it definitely could have been done cheaper than it was. And probably because tens of millions of euro that are being spent on all of these movies are being siphoned off into mad personal side projects and unnecessary trips and sports cars and Rolexes and Dogecoin and it's really just a shocking indictment of the Hollywood movie movie and TV production system. I mean, there's only so many times you can say, oh yeah, we've got that one scene in an alleyway in Japan, so we're going to fly the crew out to Japan. Yeah. And they'll be like, how long is it going to be on screen for? Oh, it's like a two-minute scene uh, with yeah. a pickpocket in an alley in Japan. Yeah, it's like, million. oh, do, <laughs> do, you have, do you have like key Tokyo landmarks in the background? No, 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 it could be any alley. But, you know. Yeah, we can CG those in anyway. That fake Eiffel Tower they have. <laughs> Bang that in there. <laughs> but, we're go- but we're going to the alleyway yeah. <laughs> in Japan. Uh, listen, look, as far as I'm concerned, Michael, it's just, it's a good old, it smacks of hubris to me. Very good. Benjamin, speaking of hubris, mm. Spyglass yes. Entertainment have managed to piss off the leading pair of Scream 7 a film which nobody knew was happening anyway and very few people wanted yeah yeah. well I mean I think that's the key headline Michael if if anything this has done Scream 7 a favour in that people now know it exists (laughs) (laughs) very good Um, but probably not so Melissa Barrera who headed up the last one with young Jenna Ortega her off the Wednesdays and the previous one and the previous one which I didn't see Michael Scream it was called Confusingly Yeah Yeah Very confusing Because that was the first one In the 90s Yeah 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 Melissa Barrera was in it though Was she in the first one? The 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 first No That was Nev Campbell No she was in the Nev Campbell Yeah The reboot Well interestingly enough Michael Because they've gotten themselves In so much hot water here Well Let's talk about it Melissa Barrera Michael Has been very vocal On social media In support of the Palestinian people has she? Or has she been against genocide? Ah, nice. So, I would say she's yes. just been against genocide. Right. She's but against I'm trying... carpet bombing children, is she? <laughs> she's against the attempted ethnic cleansing currently happening in Palestine. Yeah, yeah. As any right-thinking person in the world probably should be. Yeah, as anyone who just wants to sleep at night with a clean conscience would be. Yeah. Where do you stand on ethnic cleansing? For or against? <laughs> I'm pretty against it, I have to say. Yeah, I'd agree. Now, I don't want to so be too divisive, I. Ben. I don't want to be too divisive. I don't want to be too divisive. But, but I'm really against, against the bombing children, of hospitals yeah. and children. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Strongly against that. I yeah, I just, it just doesn't sit right with me. Yeah, there's something you know about it. There's something about the carpet bombing of children and civilians. There's something about the ring of it that just doesn't ring right to me as a good thing. 
You know, I, I don't eat sushi, Michael, because it just doesn't sit well with me. But you know what else doesn't sit well with me? The mass extinction of a people. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's about, not great. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. I do. I, I get it now. No, but now, Ben, I, I have bad news for you. You can't be in Scream 7. Oh, no, not Scream 7. Yeah, no, you can't your- be in anymore. I'm sure to be the best of the screams. Uh, <laughs> so Melissa Barrera, anyway, um, was told by her management. And this is a fairly widespread practice, Michael, across um, Hollywood management agencies. She was told, you can't be doing that. And she yeah. said, what? I can't be doing what? And they said, you can't be against the bombing of children. Because <laughs> we are for the bombing of children, apparently. <laughs> Uh, apparently that's what we said and so we're going to drop you from our film Melissa yeah. Barrera yeah. very honestly said no well I think I'd rather still be against the bombing of children if that's yeah. alright with you and they that's said it's right. not so yeah. get off the film yeah now in fairness to them as well in fairness to Spyglass Entertainment it's their prerogative it, because they it, it get is. to pick they get to pick or choose who represents them on screen and if they're for the bombing of children that's great <laughs> And they eat sushi and yeah. are for the bombing of children. And that's yeah. fine. That's fine, apparently. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but someone else on that movie, Michael, said, actually, I don't think that's fine. Well, here's the thing. So Jenna Ortega, when Jenna Ortega was in these movies, she was considerably less famous. Yes, we've had this before. This is the, this is the Wednesday effect. For the Jenna Wednesday Ortega. effect, Benjamin. Her star has very much risen since then. Yes. And to her credit, she appears to have at least partially decided to use her increased fame and visibility to take a bit of a stance. And I don't know if her stance has been particularly pro-Palestine, anti-Israel, anti-genocide. More her her stance has been, well, if you're going to fire someone for saying what they believe in, you're not getting me either. Fair. I can respect that. That's fine. She went, as much as we know, Michael, she went immediately upon hearing of Melissa Barrera's uh, removal. She went immediately to her agent and said, can you get me out of this? And her agent said, yeah, Grant. Grant, yeah, you're, you're, you've, you're 21 years old and you've got literally millions of dollars. You've nothing to worry about. You can take any sort of stance you like. You're literally also opening up many more job opportunities by not doing this film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, you can go to Ireland... Where they're having Wednesday season two. Is it in Ireland? Yeah, yeah, they're filming it in Ireland. Get out of town. We go and try and be extras on Wednesday season two. Yeah, I think we're odd enough looking. Yeah, I'm odd enough looking. Jesus, the size of the nose on me, Michael, and the tetrachromia alone. You could be some sort of creature. I could be some sort of creature, Michael. Just some sort of background creature. That'd be good. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be good. But, um, yeah, so anyway, um, Spyglass Entertainment is for the bombing of children. <laughs> um, that might get um, you in trouble, but go on. Anyway. Yeah, that's going to get me in trouble. But anyway, it, in, rather than rather than do any kind of damage control, Michael, and say, oh, well, we're actually not for the bombing of children, but we don't like divisive statements from mm. our star of social media, which might be an avenue to take. Might be. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I'd, I'd respect them on that take. I'd respect them on saying... You know, if you're going to be in our films, you're not going to take a political stance. Because 
That's their prerogative. If, if someone's going to pay you millions of dollars on part of their prerogative for it is to say, keep your, poli- keep your personal politics off social media while you're representing our brand. Look. Yeah, I mean, that, companies do it all the time. Designed. That's their prerogative. I don't think I'm for it. I doubt I'd respect them if they took that stance. But they didn't take that stance, Michael. What they took instead was, we're going to get Neve Campbell back. Get Neve Campbell back. <laughs> Everyone's been chomping at the bit for more Neve Campbell. Yeah, I had to look up who Neve Campbell was, but I'm sure loads of people want Neve Campbell. She was in bloody Scream, Ben. 90s heartthrob Neve Campbell. Don't you dare come Michael. at me with I don't know who Neve Campbell is. Michael, how the fuck would I know who Neve Campbell is? She was in Scream of all things, Ben. I was only a baby. You were only a little baby. You see, this is this is this is in your gap. This is uh, this in is my from, gap. It's in the gap. Scream is in your gap. It's in the gap when you're too young to care about grown-up things, and then by the time you became an adult, it was boring and old. Yeah, it was blasé. Blasé. As they say. Benjamin, anyway, look, that's now that we've got that off our chests. What are, what yeah. are we talking Oh, about? hashtag free Palestine. Uh, sorry. Oh, is that what it is? Right. Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to stick that in there at the end. Stick that in there at the end. Have we covered that? Do you think we've, uh, do you think we've covered that sufficiently and given like a, a fair and equal balanced opinion on that? Yeah, I think we've made it very clear that we're against the bombing of children and civilians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I think, I think okay. that's fair. Hey, uh, you shouldn't do it. I mean, Michael, to me, that just sounds like a very logical, even keel stance. Yeah, yeah, just just don't do it. Now, I'll tell you who we are in favour of bombing. Oh. <laughs> who? Godzilla. Yeah, get rid of him. Get rid of him. <laughs> Big fucking lizard. Unless he's a goodie sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Michael, why do you say bomb Godzilla? I say bomb Godzilla, Benjamin, because I've been watching Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Very good. Very good. The brand new Apple TV, I think. Uh, Yeah, it is. Yeah, inexplicably, the brand new Apple TV series, Monarch King of Legacy of Monsters, Benjamin. And I'll tell you what, can I tell you, can I give you a little surprise, little secret, a little surprise secret? Yeah, go on. It's quite good. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's actually quite good. It hasn't got an all star cast, but it's got a mostly recognisable cast. It's got. Well, that's. It's deeply, deeply, deeply embedded in the MonsterVerse, the new Godzilla MonsterVerse. It's embedded to an incredible extent in the Godzilla MonsterVerse. This is. Benjamin, shut up for a yes. second, would you? And travel I'm back not in time. Travel, yeah, yeah, no. Travel back in time to 2013. Are you there? That's so long ago. I know. Are you there, though? Are you there in your mind's eye, Ben? Yes. Good. Excellent. Yes. How's the Israel-Palestine situation looking? Probably rubbish. It's it's still not great, but they haven't started bombing children and hospitals outright yet. Uh, anyway. Um, ben, do, you remember when, do you remember when... Uh, do you remember when Marvel announced Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah. And they said yeah. we're going to do Fuck. we're going to t- do a we're going to do a TV show about the secret spy agency that's behind this universe, and we're going to explore the ins and outs and the secrets and 
take a look at that. And then it wasn't that. It was just Monster of the Week rubbish. But you love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Michael. Yeah, I know. But I enjoyed it as Monster of the Week rubbish. But it wasn't. Yeah. It, it didn't live up to its promise of the secret origins of the Marvel, of the MCU. Yeah, it was the CW for Marvel. Yeah, exactly, Ben. Well, this is pretty much the show that I wanted Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to be. Oh, that's good. It's like, it feels huge budget. It's deeply tied to the lore and the world of the of the franchise. The only thing that's bad about it is the franchise itself is a bit weak and a bit iffy. But that's fucking gas. This might be the best thing in the new MonsterVerse. That's hilarious. Fucking bizarre. So it follows a character, Benjamin. I've forgotten her name. I'm, I'm very sorry to people. But I've forgotten the character's name. And she goes to Japan because she's like, my dad's not in the picture and he left these keys behind. Um, so I'm going to go and settle his business. And now we're led to believe, Benjamin, along with her, that he has died. Ah, good. Good. And spoilers ahoy, by the way, because there's going to be spoilers. But when she gets to Japan, he, she discovers Benjamin. He had a secret life. <gasps> and as part of his secret life, he had a secret second family. <gasps> so he had a Japanese-American family in America and he had an American-Japanese family in Japan. One of my, one of my favourite... Was this a man burdened with glorious purpose? Well, look, he's the mysterious character um, who is... Uh, it's all very mysterious and we don't know the allegiances and who's, si- who's on whose side. Oh, right the start. And I'm not going to spoil too much. But we don't really know who he is other than he seems to know about Monarch. But is right. he with Monarch or is he against them? Is he trying to hunt them down or is he... Ooh, will we ever ooh, find wee. out? Um, yeah. But there's some great scenes in it, Ben. The main character, the main kind of point of view character in the modern day is this this girl whose father, as it turns out, has disappeared, not died. And uh, oh. she she is also a survivor of the famous Godzilla attack on San Francisco in 2014. Oh, where where Aaron, whatchamacallum, died. Yeah, where Alan Ta- Aaron Taylor Johnson uh, and, and Lizzie, what's her name? I don't know. Scarlet we really Witch. are the worst. We're very Scar- Elizabeth uh, Elizabeth Olsen, Olsen, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen. We're, yeah, well, they were brother and sister, but also married. Um, so <laughs> that scene, that attack. So she yes. she was a survivor of the Godzilla knocking down the old Golden Gate Bridge. Oh, very the good. G- the GGB, as we call it, and um, she has lots of trauma around that. As you would, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, as you can imagine, the best place to be is in Japan, where they do regular Godzilla evacuation drills. I suppose trauma arising from a mass catastrophe is probably to be expected, not unlike what a lot of Palestinians can expect if they survive in Gaza. <laughs> oh, we're back on that, are we? Oh, very good. Okay. No, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just working it in there, Michael, because I do think just- it's important. Work it in there. Work it in as a little joke every now and then. Um, but yeah, it's it's a much better. It fits so much better into this universe. It is, I think, the best. Here's the TV show from this franchise, ever. Oh, that's good. Isn't that weird? 
surprising, but good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, the thing with any of these is because it's because of the because of the damage that J.J. Abrams has done to television. The the first couple of episodes are very oh. much a mystery box within a mystery box within a mystery box. Who could have known, Michael, that we would still be feeling the effects of J.J. fucking Abrams in this day and age? Oh, it's unbelievable. Every time it happens, every time someone opens a safe and inside a safe there's a box with a symbol on it and they say, I know that symbol. You just know that by the end of the episode they're going to open the box and inside the box they're going to say, why is there a picture of my grandmother in here? And then we're going to go to the flashbacks and the unrelated woman from the flashbacks is going to turn out to be that character's grandmother. Ah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was her the whole time. And every single time you go, J.J. Abrams, you did a lot of damage to bloody serialised storytelling. J.J. Abrams, you fuck. You serial, serial, you serial storytelling serial killer. You fuck. <laughs> Very good, Ben. Ben, it has one of your favourite things in Hollywood. It has a real-life father and son playing the same character in two different periods of time. Fucking great stuff. Give everybody in the family a job. <laughs> Jobs for all the Nepo babies. So it's got <laughs> Kurt Russell, Benjamin. And he, he, plays, he plays essentially himself. And it's got Nepo baby Wyatt Russell. You might remember him from being the rubbish Captain America. And he plays... He's real shit yeah. <laughs> And he plays young Kurt Russell. Hmm. Mm. In two different time periods. Great stuff. Yeah. Great stuff. But it's good. Like, it's got John Goodman in it, a notorious good man. He's a great lad. Great lad. It doesn't have Brie Larson in it, from what I can see. I like Brie Larson. Yeah, or Tom Hiddlestone. I like Tom here as well. But you know what the most confusing thing about it was? Is it the fact that J.J. Abrams has a lot to do with the twists? (laughs) No, it's the fact that I watched it going, fuck, I've only seen each of these films once and I do not know what's going on. Yeah, I mean, that's that must be the trickiest part about making a good thing out of a shit show. Go on. Like, because nobody cares about the Godzilla films. No, that's that's not true. That's not true, Benjamin. That is not true. The recent Godzilla films have been from middling to reasonably good. Michael, you will address me by my rank and station. Thank you very much. Oh, excuse me, general sweeping statement. I've done a little salute for the ladies and gentlemen at home. Excuse me, the general. Okay, I wouldn't say... Okay, let me let me rephrase my sweeping statement and say okay, I wouldn't say that the Godzilla monster verse that is currently being undertaken has done a great job of nailing down its lore. No. Because for one thing, King Kong was pretty big and then he was fucking gigantic. Yeah, because they had to make him fight the giant lizard. Yeah, yeah, two even. Well, yeah, a couple robot. of them. One of them was, yeah, Mechagodzilla. Yeah, yeah. But in in one way, I suppose that serves a series like Monarch well because they can play a little bit fast and loose and fill in some gaps themselves. And But on the other hand, people are going to look at it and go, eh, do I want to see that? Yeah, well, I'm looking at it going, what in the fuck is going on here? So I think it's actually set after... Godzilla 
So, so Kong Skung, Skung Island has happened. Ah, yes. That's how I pronounce it. I haven't mispronounced that. I just call that film Kong Skung Island. He always so, has. I always have and I always will, and I'm going to st- stick with it. So Kong Skung <laughs> Island has happened. Godzilla has happened. Mm-hmm. I don't think Godzilla King of Monsters has happened. No, it has. I think Godzilla King of Monsters has happened. But Godzilla vs. Kong hasn't happened yet. So is that the one with... Is it... Is it Nidorang? Gidorang? Nidor- no, they're Pokemon, Ben. King Gidorah. Shit. King Gidorah, thanks. That was the one I was looking for. So that's the one with the three-headed fella. The big three-headed fella from space in the originals. <laughs> so that's happened. That's happened, I think. But I don't know. This is this is my big issue with it. And I'm watching it going, fuck, I don't know what's happened in this. What is anyone? And then I was thinking, this is what normal people think about the Marvel films, isn't it? This is yep. when I'm yep. always saying it doesn't really matter. Just calm your jets down and just watch it and enjoy it. But this is what they're thinking. They're thinking, is this before or after they teamed up and they fought the robot lizard? There's nothing worse, Michael than franchise smugness. And by that I mean when a writer decides, I know, people will get it because they'll, they'll have seen all the films. They won't. They won't. Benjamin, when you say, though, when you say there's nothing worse than franchise smugness, what about <laughs> the bombing of children? That's actually worse. You're that right. That is worse, isn't it? That you're, is worse. You're we right. probably knock That's that absolutely fucking worse. That's worse, Michael. And really, there's no argument against it. <laughs> no. No. It's worse. No, not really. No. Anyway, um, yeah, so King of King, Leg- Monarch Legacy of Monsters, I'm quite enjoying it. It's quite good. I mean, it's, it's enjoyable. I'm looking forward to the next couple of episodes, would you believe? Ladies and gentlemen, it's rare for either of us to be excited about a series. It's quite a nice feeling, isn't it? You get, you get, yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as it's just not the, the rubbish that we're force-fed by Marvel and DC all the time, sadly. <laughs> Oh, Michael, I I often think of you as the perfect depiction of tragedy. Oh, um, that's less good. Well, you're a perfect picture as well. You're quite a fine, a Thank fine you. cut of a man. Yeah, I had a shower um, yesterday. Yeah, and he smells great too. Um, yep. Just don't smell him after he does a few judo chops. I will judo chop the nose right off you. Benjamin, speaking yeah. of... No, hang on. I was about to tell you why oh, yeah. I think of you as the picture of tragedy. Oh, go on. Because there was at one point, Michael, no greater Marvel fan than you. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what happened? What? <laughs> the films got worse. Yeah, in shitification took hold, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, you could say many, many things about, like, fatigue or, like, the fan base turning on the creators or, you know political ideologies getting involved and you know d- dividing the audience but at the end mm. of the fucking day films are just worse the films from yeah. like 2008 to 2000 look there are a few duds in there I'll admit it in retrospect there are a couple of duds but even the duds are just alright films like say yeah Godzilla they're grand Kong. they're grand but there was you no stick them on on St. Stephen's Day and that's it stick them on on St. Stefano's Day as they say in Italy <laughs> and just watch fucking Iron Man 2 on St. Stephen's Day on the big movie Iron Man 3 let's say because that's the Christmas one and just yeah. enjoy it and is it a great you, film? no they did no. the old bait and switch yeah and that's fine look it's grand you have your turkey coma you drift in and out of the film yeah you know it, it's grand it's grand but these are just shit they're just rubbish 
Yeah, I've done a real 180 on the cape fatigue thing. At one point, I thought it was like, oh, we've oversaturated the superhero market. We haven't. They're just shit. They're just rubbish, yeah. Like a, a good shit. superhero movie, I think, would still do well. If only we could get one, Michael. If we could fucking get one. We've got a few. Like, that last Spider-Man was pretty good. I, the the worst thing about the last Spider-Man was, was borderline incoherent and a bit pandery. Is this but, Tom Holland or Across the Spider-Verse? Uh, Tom Holland. Uh, okay. Home, no Way Home. Yeah, yeah. Do you know I found out that Venom 3 is happening? Inexplicable. 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 <laughs> the only Marvel movies next year are... Madame Webb, Ugh. Venom, and Craven. Fucking and bizarre. Who cares? Oh, it's gone to crap. Anyway, Benjamin, luckily, we don't have to wallow in the decline of popular superhero cinema because no one will ever be able to come along and take away our favourite episodes of animation. They won't. Is that they what you're giving Michael. me back? That's what you're giving me back for that fucking buttery smooth segue. You're going, no, they won't actually. Just the most low energy man on the fucking planet. All right, we'll do a second take. Hang on. <laughs> anyway, Ben. Go on, leave, leave me in. Leave me in. I'll lead you in. Man, animation's good though, isn't it? Ah, oh, it's fucking class, Michael. I tell you what, nothing will ever come close to the yeah. heights that my young soul soared when every once in a while, Michael, I'd switch on the den or a cartoon network or a fucking tsunami and I'd tune in to a regular old animated show and say, oh, look at me in my youth. I'm going to enjoy one of my comfortable, soothing animated shows because I'm mildly autistic and yet undiagnosed. <laughs> and then, Michael... Rhymed a bit. And then I was going for a Grinch who stole Christmas kind of vibe. Yeah, it was heading that way. And then, Michael, yeah, every on. once in a while I'd tune into an episode. Yeah. And something would be different. What would be different, for example? Michael, there would be a pathos to a oh. character. Oh my There'd God. be a weight to their decisions. Oh, Jesus. There'd be a consequence that would irreversibly change our hero. And Michael, the timbers of my soul would be shook. Not shivered, no, shook. Shook. Okay. And Michael, I didn't have it in me to articulate or even recognise what had happened. But my tiny little cartoon riddled brain Hmm. would have been seared with a stamp of excellence, Michael. Because in every animated show, there's a fucking gem. No, that's not true. Not in every animated show. Many animated shows. Oh, for are fuck's sake! Many he makes anim- me do a second take. He makes me engage in hyperbole. I deliver a Dickensian fucking speech. If you do this say is so what yourself. I guess. Ben, I don't I think give you, a fuck. I think you overegged the pudding a little bit on that, to be honest. Yeah, probably. Cause some, yeah, because some shows are bad and some are good. But what yeah, we're talking shite. about this week is this was. All, tell us, Benjamin, what inspired this madness? Anyway, go on, tell us. Um, good old friend of the podcast, Nine Wassies. Ah, he's a good egg. He's a great egg. He hopped up on the Discord, ladies and gentlemen, and if you too would like to one day get a shout out on a podcast with very little reach, um, you <laughs> can hop up on that Discord. <laughs> 
We have actually tremendous reach. It's true. We are currently resting on our laurels at over a million people reached in the last yeah, 30 very days. very weird. Very strange. Very strange. But come here to me. You too could be a blip in the content ocean um, <laughs> if you hop up on that Discord, ladies and gentlemen. Um, get down to the description below this episode and just mm. come and join us. It's grand. Come We've got us. loads of great lads up there and lasses. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, come and say hello or... Yeah. If you don't feel like taking part in the old communal chit-chat, you can just go and leave us a review wherever you listen. Yeah, maybe don't review this episode. Oh, no, do. Do. And say exactly why you liked it. Is it because we're against bombing children? Yeah. Because we are. Oh, we are. And I'd say that would put us in fairly fucking great stead with most civil, human, good people. Yeah, 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 you'd reckon. So anyway, Benjamin, what, what episode did Nine Wassies recommend to us as the greatest episode of an animated series? He just seemed to be very taken with that phenomenal, that most phenomenal episode of Samurai Jack, Michael, on Cartoon Network, pre-season five adult shift, if you will. Um, And that episode was, of course, Jack and the Three Blind Archers. Now, this is, quite frankly, Michael, and fair play to Nine Wassies for highlighting it, this is a phenomenal episode animated show that truly shows off the power of animation because it's entirely silent up until the last little segment no because poor old Jack finds himself on the wrong end of three blind archers with phenomenal hearing yeah he can't even make a little creak or else they'll shoot arrows at him Michael he can't even exhale Mm. or they'll they'll fill him full of iron is that yeah. what arrowheads are made out of? They would be, yeah, broadly, yeah. Maybe yeah, bronze. Okay. That's probably iron. Maybe bronze. Film full of bronze or maybe iron. And uh, Michael, it's amazing. It's it's done so well. Uh, Jack kind of has to reconnect with some of his training when it comes to navigating the world without sight. And he joins the lads in the realm of the blind. Um metaphorically, not there's no actual realm of the blind. Um and he takes away his own vision to kind of compete on their level. And um, he takes out a stone well. And it's it's a phenomenal episode as well, Michael, because it really raises the stakes. Jack is given the option of getting his getting back to his own time by a sinister wishing well at the end of the episode, if you remember. Mm. And he turns it down because he's a great lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think there is a land of the blind in Dublin, isn't there? Isn't there a blind village in Dublin? Uh, probably. I think there is up around Grange Gorman somewhere, but that's neither here nor there. Um, the thing about this episode, Benjamin, is... As you said, okay, there's a little bit of a plot. Yeah. But the plot is borderline irrelevant. Borderline. Because this episode of an animated series has the absolute temerity to be doing a thing. (laughs) What does it have the temerity to be doing? (laughs) Well, it's doing a thing. And what the thing that it's doing is it's telling a silent story with choreography and cinematography. Yes. And action. Yes. As an animated series. And, Michael, you have to remember, this is at a time when, you know, a cartoon like Samurai Jack was a children's cartoon. Um, Samurai Jack is a children's cartoon, for sure, right? I agree with you on that. But it has a big advantage of coming from an era when cartoons were starting to come into their own right as a form of artistic expression and didn't just exist to sell toys. That's a good point. I don't own a a Samurai Jack toy. 
And if there were Samurai Jack toys, which I'm, there no doubt were and no doubt have been at various stages, you never got the impression that that's why Samurai Jack existed. No, certainly not. Certainly not. Um, that was that was down primarily to Gennady Tarakovsky. I think I possibly got that slightly wrong, ladies and gentlemen, but I think it's Gennady Tarakovsky. The man is... Uh, Gendy, sorry, it could be Gendy, but a, an absolute wizard when it comes to animation and has only gone from strength to strength, Michael, since then, making shows like Star Wars The Clone Wars, the original concept animated series that would then spawn an entire universe of Dave Filoni stuff. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and would go on to do other phenomenal shows like Primal, which you can check out. Um, you have to dig around for it, but it's out there. He makes amazing animated things and really elevates the medium into something else. And then, of course, got his turn to finally finish off his series, which was unceremoniously axed by Cartoon Network. Um, and he got to finish it off at Adult Swim only two years ago, three years ago. Probably because it wasn't selling enough toys. Probably because it wasn't selling enough toys. But, but come here to me. Well, sorry, the reason that I was saying that it has the temerity to do a thing, because it's very much a high concept episode. It's very much an elevator pitch episode. Um, yes. And the the elevator pitch is Jack fights three preternaturally skilled archers in complete silence. Yes. That's the episode. Light That's on it. plot. And nearly all of the episodes that we were either recommended or we picked ourselves for this week's retrospective on the best episodes of animation, nearly all of them are like that. Nearly all of them stand out from their series for something high concept about the episode. Yeah, it's a, it's a breaking of the mould, as it were. Mm. Mm. So we got a few of them, Michael. We put it out and got a surprising amount of feedback. That's probably what you get when you reach nearly a million people in a month. <laughs> Yeah, weird, weird, very weird, very upsetting. Your, your, your job actually gets slightly easier. Um, in which is, I'll, I'll be honest, Michael, I hope I don't get used to it. Um, no, no, don't get used to it. That's all I'm saying. That's, that's hubris. That's hubris. And as we all know, hubris will end up getting you to spend $55 million on a TV show that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> so... We put it out to our listeners, and our listeners gave us a heck of an answer. So, um, some of them we've seen a few times, Michael. Naturally, one that came up for us was from Tony Razor Photography on Instagram. He said, Heart of Ice, referencing that most classic of episodes of the Batman the Animated Series, where we're introduced to Victor Freeze and his plight. Not just, Benjamin. Not just introduced to Victor Freeze. Obviously, we were just introduced to Victor Freeze, but it's very easy for modern day Batman fans to miss the fact that this episode of the Batman animated series reinvented Victor Freeze. This is where the current Victor Freeze came from. Very important to note that Victor Freeze, prior to Batman the animated series, was a Z-lister. Just not a good character. He was a bit of a joke. He was a silly kind of snowman character. And then all of a sudden, Paul Denis got his hands on him. And Paul Denis' kind of raison d'etre during the Batman the Animated Series uh, years was, what if I took weird C-listers and D-listers and what if I gave them a new lease on life? What if I push them forward and the first place that he got to do this the first real 
watershed moment for him and kind of a sign that Batman was changing was Heart of Ice. It's the 14th episode in the first season and it aired on the uh, 7th of September 1992, um, which is so many, many years ago. A full year after I was born, Michael. I wasn't even... I wasn't even... Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Insane. Um, And what we saw, Michael, was not a villain who wanted diamonds and not a villain who, you know, wanted to rob a bank or had an issue with Batman, but a, a villain who had made some terrible decisions, had lost his wife... Uh, or almost lost his wife, and was doing everything he could do to get her back. Now, this was unheard of, um, Michael. It was a completely uh, new thing. And originally, um, this story wasn't supposed to be included in Batman the Animated Series. Um, Paul Denis had to fight tooth and nail to keep it in the first season. Um, Almost threatening to leave... Um, production if it didn't stay in so that's that's pretty impressive and um bruce tim who is the animator for it and came up with all those concepts he really started to think this out and him and paul denis came up with this cold emotionless man that you know had lost everything when he became cryogenically exposed so it was pretty interesting and um yeah just, just crazy stuff Benjamin. Yeah. Another one of the fabulous reader or listener suggestions was from Guambi Guy on the Discord. He hopped up on it, Benjamin, just to give us a, dis- uh, a suggestion. He did indeed. Loads of people hopped up on the Discord, Michael. Other people should hop up on the Discord so too. It's- hop up on there. It's great. But Benjamin, his suggestion was an episode from a TV show I, to my shame, have never watched an episode of before this week. And it was the episode, The View from Halfway Down, of Bojack Horseman. Oh, Bojack Horseman. Another weird and bizarre cartoon animated show that set out to prove us all wrong in our assessment of cartoons. Go on. So, I, to, to my utter shame, I'd never watched an episode of Bojack Horseman before. So, I had no frame of reference to compare this episode against, which... When I was watching it, it was interesting because I think it was both a positive and a negative for this experience. So I know that Bojack Horseman is Will Arnett and he's some sort of celebrity horse, some sort of sarcastic celebrity horse. But this episode, to my surprise, is another episode that's doing a thing. It's a high concept episode. And in it, Bojack Horseman is going to a dinner party where everyone who's been through his life and who's died is there. Now, as a non-Bojack Horseman watcher, this took a while to dawn on me because I didn't know that the characters he was meeting were dead. But first of all, Holy Majolis, the voice cast of this, it's Will Arnett as Bojack and as his dad. And his dad is also the famous racehorse Secretariat, but I think that might be like an amalgam character or something. I'm not entirely sure. There's Kristen Schaal in it, who's in two of the episodes that people recommended this week. It features Zach Braff as the actor Zach Braff. And apparently Zach Braff has died in the Bojack Horseman universe. (laughs) But as the episode goes on, it turns out that this is a recurring dream that Bojack has about death, in which he meets all the people who's passed through his life and died. And... 
The major one appears to be his dad. And his dad died by killing himself, by jumping off a bridge. And as the dinner party wraps up, they go backstage, basically, where each of them gives a performance about their life and death. And Bojack's dad slash secretariat, as I said, killed himself by jumping off a bridge. And he performs a poem called The View From Halfway Down. And it's Will Arnett who performs it, which was written specifically for this episode. And it is one of the most simultaneously terrifying and heartbreaking performances of the desperation and fear that leads someone to kill themselves condensed in what up to that point had been a kind of silly and slightly surreal cartoon and yeah. and as it turns out Bojack himself has he he's not attempting to kill himself in in this in this but he might be he's through a combination of drugs and alcohol and depression has managed to drown himself in his own pool and the episode ends with him becoming aware of this and hoping that someone is going to come and find him before it's too late and holy moly is this an affecting episode (laughs) Jesus Christ so it has convinced me to never watch any more Bojack Horseman uh, yeah, you, Bojack Horseman is one of those shows you have to be very mentally well to tackle yeah. Bojack Horseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, luckily, Benjamin, I am, and I you, know you're that solid like, as a rock, solid as a fucking rock. And I know that sounds like some what something that someone who isn't would say, but I watched this and wasn't completely freaked out, so I think I passed the internal test. I, I am going to call up to your house after this, though, just yeah, to make sure. Yeah, yeah, we'll sure have a little hook. And look, Ben, we'll let the listeners look in behind the scenes. This has been an absolute fucking nightmare. We're about we're about two and a half hours into the recording of this episode, so if it's a bit choppy, ladies and gentlemen, this has been the worst technical issues we've had in seven years of doing this podcast. At least we're not bombing children. That's true. That's true. <laughs> that's true. We're At not. least we're not doing so that's that. that's good. Anyway, so great recommendation, good. Benjamin. And what a fucking episode of a television series. Surreal, Top. spooky, scary, hints of Twin Peaks about it. It's um, the poem. Jesus Christ, the poem. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to check that out now, Michael. Have you never seen it? You, I've never seen it. I've never oh seen it, Michael. Oh, my God, Benjamin. So his his father killed him. Look, if, if people are have ever been affected by someone, they love killing themselves. Um, this will be a hard, hard watch. watch. Yeah, very, very yeah. hard watch. Because basically, the the title, the poem in question, the view from halfway down, is about his father who killed himself by jumping off a bridge, and halfway down, he realizes that he's scared and he doesn't want to do it, but it's too late. Oh and God! Holy oh dear! Fucking hell! Jesus! It, what an incredible episode. And then, obviously, that reflects in Bojack drowning in the pool and not really intending to kill himself, but, you know, he maybe has. Oh. Ooh. Oh. Fucking hell. Oh. 
But you know, holy moly, it's art. as you'd it's say, it's definitely art. It's it's definitely art. Speaking of of harrowing recommendations, Michael, we got one from my good lady friend. Oh, go on, get out of there! Did she hop up on the Discord? She hopped up on the Discord, Michael, and she gave us two, two devastating picks. Well, Go technically on. three, but we'll get into that in a second. Uh, <laughs> the one that she gave us as her kind of top class recommendation for what stuck with her, what seared in the old noggin as a child, yeah. was an episode of She-Ra, uh, Princess She-Ra, of Power. She-Ra, the Princess Michael. of Power, if you will. In, indeed. And it was, the episode was called My Friend, My Enemy. So right off the bat, Michael... Yeah, there's there's some there's some fucking with the philosophical lines of good and evil going on there. Mm, go on, go on. You know, if you're a child and you understand the concept of friends and enemies, you're like, how can it be both? Mm. How does it work? And in fairness, up until this point, Michael, a lot of the time, sympathy for the devil was not a concept in children's cartoons. Skeletor was a baddie. He-Man yeah. was a goodie. Yeah, especially, Benjamin, in children's cartoons, and especially in cartoons like She-Ra, which was explicitly designed to sell toys. Explicitly, Michael. But I, I think every once in a while, a writer is either going through something personally, or they just slip it in. They're like, I've had enough of this cotton candy fucking shite. <laughs> and they, they put that English degree to good use. Do you know what I mean? Like, they get in there and they really, they really pen a tearjerker. So this one is, this one is bizarre, Michael. So the Skeletor of the She-Ra series was Hordak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Skeletor's boss. Skeletor's boss, of all things. He's about to make a comeback in the Netflix series. He's, uh, Hordak is coming to Eternia. Oh, very good. Yeah, so uh, I don't know if that is good. But anyway, so Hordak <laughs> is placed under an evil spell that will make him disappear forever. The only thing that will reverse it are tears wept by somebody who cares enough about Hordak to grieve him. So it's about his journey trying to find a single soul who gives a fuck about him. <laughs> oh, that's some rough shit. <laughs> That's some rough shit, man. In a kid's Does he learn cartoon. a lesson from it, though? Does he become a good... No, nah, he doesn't. He's Hordak. He's Hordak. <laughs> He's not That's learning shit. <laughs> but, like, fucking hell. Imagine watching that as a child. As my good lady friend said, um, I remember crying so intentionally so the cartoon monster man didn't disappear. Um, oh. So, you know... Yeah, not fucking awful. That explains a lot. Oh. That does explain a lot. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, like, that's a heartstring one. And that sent the Discord down a spiral, Michael. I have to say, we, we started lashing the tearjerker episodes in. And who came up but Seymour? And, oh. uh, Michael, none of us will ever recover from Seymour. And... If you don't know what this is, ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. Just stop yeah, listening just now. Cover your heart. Just cover... Don't cover your ears. Just cover your heart. And go go and watch puppies playing. Yeah, go spend time with your dog. Yeah. <laughs> your lovely if dog. If ever there was a better... Yeah. If ever there was a better use of your time than listening to a shite on, yeah. go play with your dog. Go play with your dog. <laughs> but... Since we're talking about, you know, cartoons that trespass into the realm of art, mm. you know, a few people came up with this one. Um, my good lady friend put it in and then it was 
resoundedly kind of seconded by many people. But there's an episode in Futurama, Michael, featuring Fry's dog, Seymour. Yes. And it has one of the most heart-wrenching finishing scenes of any cartoon I've ever seen. Oh, borderline um, criminal. Bor- this is borderline and- criminal, this episode. Michael, this this is a war crime. As it's 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 an affront to the Geneva Convention. Oh, go on. That might that might have reduced our other points. Second only to the second only to the bombing of children. Yeah, um, right. But like, so this was written by Eric Kaplan, who was one of the writers of Futurama, um, and they actually. They they rewrote it later on, which is very interesting because they just felt that they had done a horrible thing to the universe by releasing this. But what happens is um, Fry jumps to the next millennium. He he jumps a thousand years, and it turns out we find out in a very tender moment that humanizes Fry in a way that I didn't think was possible because he's mm. just a fuckwit. Yeah, That's his character. Yeah, but. It turns out he was a very kind idiot at one point and constantly looked after this tiny little dog called Seymour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and his dog loved him and he loved his dog. Yeah. And um, it turns out that when Fry disappeared, um, his dog waited for him to come back, Michael. It's worse than that, Ben. It's worse than that because he yeah. finds the dog's bones and the moral quandary of the episode is, is he going to clone the dog and bring him back? Yeah, And then it's Fry worse. makes the decision in the end that the dog probably had a... He sees that the bones are of an old dog and he's like, the dog had a long and happy life after he left and he makes the decision to leave it at that and just let the dog rest. And then the absolute then. bastards, then the absolute bastards show us the dog gradually getting old, waiting for Fry to come back. And he never does. And fuck those guys. That's, oh my God. Incredible. There, there are so many philosophical lessons in that. Um, you know, there's the, the want of humans to make things happy. Oh, my dog had a good like after I left. Maybe not. You know, maybe maybe that didn't happen. And it it actually comes from a very long history of um, tragic paintings that, that follow this uh, motif. I don't know if you're aware of this, Michael. Um, I assume I'm not. But there are the a lot... For for the content, we won't. But there's a there's a long history, Michael, of this awful, awful thing, including a very famous story around Odysseus. Um, Odysseus had a very famous dog before he went on his famous voyage called Argos. Argos the dog was the loyalist of dogs and a wonderful guard dog and um, was just spectacular. Go on. Spectacular as a dog. And no greater was a dog's love for his master than Argos's for Odysseus. Right? Go on. Yeah. Argos the shop. Argos. Argos the shop. Yeah. Argos the shop. Fuck. Jesus. Catalog shop. So, for those that don't know, Michael, Odysseus, when he comes back, has to contend with all the suitors who have come for his wife Penelope in his absence. He's been gone for 20 years. Are you just... Um, I'm going to interrupt you on the high second, seas. Are you doing a bit here? Because we haven't planned this, but are you doing a bit? You're not doing a bit, are you? 
There's no, there's no, there's no bit here. Okay, well, no. go on. Go on, okay. So he comes this back is, after this... 20 years, loss of the high seas, and has to compete with the other suitors for his wife, Penelope. Go on. Yes. Yeah, go on. He does this in disguise. Yeah, yeah, as an old beggar man. Go on. As an old beggar man. Yeah. And as he goes through his island of Ithaca... Yeah, yeah, Ithaca, yeah. He there is a section... The, he shoots the bow through the crossed arrows, yeah, the crossed yeah. axes, yeah. But there's a section where he comes across Argus. Yeah. His long and faithful hound. Yeah. And Argus has fallen to disrepair in the extreme. He has been ignored by the suitors. The island's resources have dwindled. And the first thing to go is the dog's food. And so Argus is a pile of old and wizened bones. Aww. And Odysseus passes Argos, and Argos recognises him immediately. Argus becomes so excited at the prospect of Odysseus returning that he dies on the spot. Oh, fabulous. His heart gives out. Oh. And through all this, Odysseus is not able to recognise Argos the dog because it would give him away. Oh. Oh. It is the most... <laughs> it's it's soul destroying, Michael. Oh, awful! It's, awful. it's soul destroying, but it has a long Benjamin. It's fucking awful. Awful. Yeah, Benjamin. Speaking of Odysseus, one of the things I watched Go this on. week. One of the things I watched this week was a recommendation from the originator of this episode of the Nine Wassies, who said that the best episode of the TV show, the children's animated show Ulysses Thirty One was the episode Strange Meetings. Are you familiar with the show Ulysses 31? I take it that you're not. I'm not. Okay. I'm not. So Ulysses 31 is an early 80s anime, which I'm surprised you haven't seen because you're the resident podcast anime boy. It's a Japanese-French co-production. And the idea of Ulysses 31 is it's the Odyssey in space. So Ulysses, oh, yeah. or to, to use his original Greek name, Odysseus, is a man... Oh, now I see why you thought I was doing a bit. I thought you were oh, doing a bit. okay. No. So he's, he's no. a man, Ben, and he's in space. And uh, he, uh, his, his, his son, Telemachus, and all of the other yep. children are kidnapped by a, a monster called the Cyclops. And then he kills the Cyclops and angers Zeus, the god of the gods. And... Uh, Zeus curses him and he curses him to go on a journey across the universe to find his way back to Earth or Ithaca if you will but the fascinating thing about this episode Strange Meetings is in this episode Benjamin this is fucking weird in this episode Telemachus the little boy accidentally angers Poseidon yes the, the god of the sea Oh, you don't. And Poseidon. You don't want to do that. No, don't do that. He's got a big trident. And Poseidon sends Telemachus back in time, Benjamin, so that Ulysses 31, the Ulysses of the 31st century, has to travel back in time to ancient Greece um, and meet the original Ulysses or Odysseus of Ithaca. And they arrive in Ithaca, Ben. They arrive in Ithaca. Um, at a time when the Ulysses of the past has been away from his wife, Penelope, for 20 years. And uh, 
many suitors have gathered in her castle to try and woo her in her hand in marriage so that she... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that they can be the next king of Ithaca. This is bizarre. This is a bizarre bit of synchronised storytelling. And um, so as it turns out, there are now two Ulysses in this time period and two Telemachuses. And uh, the, the Ulysses of this time period, Ben, he he's injured uh, saving the kids. So the Ulysses of the future, the Ulysses 31, dresses up as the original Ulysses, dressed up as an old beggar man in rags. Fuck. And, and goes to the castle with all the suitors and strings the bow and fires it through the axe heads. And it is one of the weirdest shows you could ever watch, Ben. That's, I think that's you bizarre synchronicity, because we didn't discuss that is this. Really, no, we didn't at all. It's just, that is weird synchronicity. But I think mm. you would thoroughly enjoy this, Ben. So it's a, it's a Japanese-French co-production anime, European-style anime. It's only about 31 mm. episodes. The voice acting is horrendous. The, the character designs are bonkers. And it's... It's Greek myth and Star Wars in space in the 80s. Mobius. Mobius. Mobius has a lot to answer for, Benjamin. There's also a little red robot called Nono who sounds like every one of our friend Stephen Cadwell's uh, tabletop role-playing game characters. (laughs) Take that, Stephen, you son of a bitch. Um, Now, Michael, we're going to wrap this up, but not before I subject you to this horror take a look at that take a look at that while I do my wrap up that's a famous painting of that scene that I described earlier look at that oh I don't want to see it Ben I don't want to Get see it Seymour and Argos it's kind of it's uh I like look how it's that. like skin bones and ejected like the shop, the shop chain Argos was in Ireland last year very good excellent deflection of real human emotion Michael well Thank you. done ladies and gentlemen if you enjoy Benjamin. that kind of emotional Benjamin. repression yes what Benjamin what? what other things do the listeners write in? Go through oh, everyone. Oh, all right. All right. More, I'll give you the more, other go stuff. Go through a few more. I'll give Polka you the Polka Dot Sundays, Ben, said uh, the Time Traveller's Pig. The Time Traveller's Pig. That's the episode of bloody one of your favourite shows and mine, Gravity Falls. Yeah, it's where Dipper is forced to give up his own selfish wants so that his sister can be happy. It's a great episode. Very, very good episode, Benjamin. What else do we have? Uh, we also got... Um, lethal Inspection, Guambi Guy said to us. But I can't remember which show it's from. That's pretty bad. I don't know what that's from, Benjamin. What's this one with, what's this one with Bob's Burgers in a car with three women of... Women of repute of the evening um yeah yes so um this one is a very famous early on episode i think it's episode six of season one michael um and it was sent in to us but it's uh an absolutely hilarious episode of bob's burgers i think it represents one of the best kind of character studies of a man trying to find meaning in his life in a cab as he encounters all walks of life it's I, i i have to imagine it was inspired by jim jarmusch in some form um, because he does a famous series of mini movies, the name of which escapes me. I think it's City of Love. I'm not sure. Um, it escapes me. But it's an excellent episode. Strongly recommend. Ten out of ten. Um, good old friend of the podcast, Brian's Action Figures. Yes. 
got in touch with us and says, has to be the Hank Scorpio episode of The Simpsons. Literally yes. my favourite Simpsons. An absolute all-time classic. I, I would argue that The Simpsons peaked right there and then, Michael. And again, a fairly high concept episode. It was basically The Simpsons does a James Bond villain. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's a, Is it John Stewart that does his voice, Michael? I don't remember who voiced Hans Scorpio. I would be surprised, but... I, like yeah, it was I'm, 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. So yeah. that was before The Simpsons were really big into celebrity voices. Yeah, I suppose it might have been. Um, I'm not sure who did the voice for them, to be honest. Um, I'll so then, you spin your uh, good pal of the podcast, Irish Fashionista, got in touch with us and said, the Firebending Masters episode of Avatar The Last Airbender. And that's where Zuko and Aang, um, sorry, Zuko, uh, the former prince of the Fire Nation and enemy of the gang, joins Aang's group um, and will teach Aang firebending. Um, but he himself has realised that he's lost his ability. And so the two of them undertake a quest to help Zuko regain his firebending ability so that um, he can teach Aang. And it's all to do with dragons and it's fucking great. Fabulous. It was Albert Brooks. It was Albert Brooks. Get out mm-hmm. of town. Get out of town. Albert Brooks, still stunning us to this day. That's it, Michael. That's a lot of our excellent shout-outs from the gang. Thank you very much to everyone who wrote in. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'd like to hear sad stories about loyal dogs and have your name shouted out on the podcast, get down there and join us on the Discord. Or you can follow us in the following places. You can get in touch with us directly at our lovely website, www.shomrabyug.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. You can find us on our ACAST website at www.shulukshulistenpodcast.acast.com. Fabulous stuff. Yeah, fabulous stuff. That's up there as well. Uh, You can also, ladies and gentlemen, follow us on Instagram, uh, where we have a 250k reach. Not saying it means anything. It clearly doesn't. But, you know, we have it. It's it's at your Luxualism podcast. You can find us on TikTok, where I'm not sure what kind of reach we have, but we do all right. Um, It's at your Luxualism. Yeah, yeah. You can't. If you're under 30, though, only. If you're under 30, only. If we find out you're over 30 and you're on TikTok, get out of here. We'll get you right out of here. We'll get you right out of here. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's it from us this week. I think we've uh, pretty much uh, done it all. That's it. That's it. Now, everybody, stick your hands together and pray for me as I go off to edit this into yeah, something because he's going to need your help, ladies and gentlemen. Bye. Oh, my God. It's going to be a shambles. So look, good luck, everybody. Stop the war. <laughs> and the cap. <laughs>